Welcome to the First Lady of Nutrition podcast. Anne Louise Gittleman is a New York Times bestselling author and visionary who has written over 37 books spanning four decades on nutrition and healthy living. For more information, check out annelouise.com. This episode of First Lady of Nutrition podcast is brought to you by Purity Coffee. Anne Louise recommends Purity Coffee because of their proprietary roasting method, which gives Purity 65% higher levels of antioxidants than any other organic coffees. Go to puritycoffee.com and enter coupon code ALG25 for 25% off your first order. And now your host, nutrition, diet, detox, and environmental visionary and the first lady of nutrition, Anne Louise Gittleman. Hi, everyone. Welcome to the First Lady of Nutrition podcast with me, Anne Louise Gittleman. Please check out annelouise.com for all of my products, my podcasts, and all the latest breaking news. But today we have a wonderful practitioner, Dr. Michael Karfeld from the Karfeld Center, who's going to talk about unlocking the keys to the autoimmune epidemic. Hi, Dr. Karfeld. How are you today? I am doing great. I'm I'm excited to chat with you today. It's my pleasure. Why is there such an autoimmune epidemic in America today? Well, um, autoimmune, what, what that is, is you have the immune system going after uh, tissue in the body. And, and usually what happens is that the immune system doesn't turn on its own for no reason whatsoever. So there always has to be something there that causes a, a concern for the immune system. So right now we, we are exposed to so many offending substances and pathogens, and we have uh, electrosmog. There, there's so many different things that we are dealing with now that is confusing both the immune system and also confusing our own normal uh, bacteria and, and things that we, you know, microbiome, uh, different things that we've lived with for thousands of years, but now, you know, they are getting confused by all these chemicals and things. So it's really ramping up uh, and putting stress on our, our immune system because, um, so that, that's kind of what, it's an environment where immune system is trying to figure out what to do. So what do you think is the most pathogenic? Is it mold? Is it virus? Is it parasites? What are you seeing in your clinic? And it's a world-renowned integrative and alternative cancer clinic, might I say. But what do you see are the patterns of the health or ill health? I, so with the different pathogens, so let's kind of go through them a little bit. Mold, you know, we've been dealing with mycotoxins also for thousands of years. We've been dealing with Lyme spirochetes for thousands of years. It's been around forever dealing with viruses and all these things for thousands of years. So it's, it's not like these different microbes are, are new to our existence, but it's that the environment that we all exist in changes. And so as they are just like, you know, electrosmog, for instance, let's take EMF, for instance, or 5G. So what they see is that when you have mold, and it's exposed to EMF or 5G, it starts to replicate and produce much more mycotoxins or the different toxic substances or their metabolic waste that they use in order to protect themselves you know, because they become stressed and inside of us. So it, it's it, all of these things then become uh, d very defensive and they start to then attack inside the system because of the change on the environment. So for me, 
the microbes are not really the initial issue, but they become the issue because of the change of the environment. So I would say that mold is a, it, I, that's where I would start for individuals that are concerned. And, and a lot of people don't recognize how big of an issue that has become, but it has become an issue because of this very reason, because of change of environment. Interesting. So what you're saying is that EMFs proliferate mold sometimes by 300%. Yeah. Yeah, it, it's it's really they and they've done studies where they uh, do uh, have a Faraday cage and they check the normal replication of these different microbes and then they have in a normal environment that's exposed to the EMF and 5G and see the replication and it's you know it's it's hundreds times of difference in between so so the the biggest thing is to. Uh, to in addition to addressing the microbes that are uh, overexcited, it is to then uh, assess your environment to see what is causing these microbes to behave in a way that they normally wouldn't. How interesting. And how does mold present itself? What are the symptoms? So mold can, can show up in so many different ways. But if you have, uh, for instance, an unresolving sinus issue, you know, then, then you want to take a look at that. Uh, you also have uh, what, what's called when, when you have kind of an excessive allergic reaction, you have skin rashes, or it can be brain fatigue, or like we're talking about the autoimmune conditions, you know, which can be uh, pretty much fibromyalgia, it can be lupus, it can be uh, rheumatoid arthritis, it can be colitis, it can be Crohn's, I mean, it can be pretty much anything that uh, that looks like the immune system uh, becomes overactive. And so- Fascinating. Uh, I've, I've even read that Parkinson's can be a mold toxicity issue. Parkinson's, ALS, all these neurological MS, yeah, they, I would look at mold, I would look at heavy metals. Yeah, these are big components that, that you wanna address. And again, How heavy, heavy metals has been around forever as well, but it's just that we, are using ways to expose ourselves to it in a much more efficient way. You know, we're drinking out of soda cans, we have silver fillings, we have aluminum mercury in the vaccines, we, you know, so, and all the different minings, you know, the mining in China, you know, all of that goes up in the atmosphere and that goes down in our food. And uh, so we were exposed to much higher level than, than we've used to. So when it comes to mold, I, I'm still stuck on mold. When it comes to mold, how would you get rid of it internally? So, so with mold, you have to, the, the biggest issue are the mycotoxins that it produces. So you want to make sure that you have an appropriate binder to bind to those mycotoxins. And it is those uh, toxins that they produce that paralyzes immune system and makes it hard for the immune system to start to, to kill the mold. So if we then uh, bind to these mycotoxins, and there are certain binders that, that you can use that uh, tend to be uh, very beneficial and, and help. If you bind to them, you make the mold much more vulnerable to the immune system. So the immune system can then be much more effective at, at addressing them. So that, that becomes step number one, make sure that you bind to them. And then step number two is that you want to make sure that as you are then eliminating or wanting to eliminate these mycotoxins, 
uh, you want to have your pathways of elimination open. So you want to make sure that your, your kidneys are, are functional, are supported, your, your liver is supported, you, ha you have your colon, uh, your, your skin, you're doing things to make sure you're able to detoxify through the skin, through infrared saunas, through sweating, you know, exercising. You want to support your lungs. You want to be out exercising in, in, in good air, you know, not just at a gym. You, you want to breathe fresh air. Uh, so, so that becomes step number two. You know, once you start binding, then you want to open up the pathways of elimination and make sure that they're functioning appropriately. And then you can use different uh, natural agents you know, to go after the mold directly. And, and you have things like oil of oregano. You have uh, thyme is a fantastic herb, uh, but also you know, like uh, caprylic acid can be helpful grapefruit seed extract. So there are a number of different things that can be really good depending on what type of mold that, that uh, you're seeing in the system. Uh, and also things like glutathione uh, becomes really helpful as well because mold tends to suppress the glutathione production uh, as a defensive mechanism. And that that's what these microbes is that we, we think that they kind of exist in their own little world and they just do their thing and uh, they are highly intelligent and they're highly uh, adaptive depending on what it encounters within the, the the body of an individual so it will then change what kind of mycotoxins will produce it will change uh, how it it is responding to different things so uh, you, you have to recognize that you're dealing with an intelligent, sentient uh, organism that is, is able to adapt and adjust depending on what you do. Um, so, um, yeah, so those, those are some of the strategies to, to look at when, when you're dealing with mold. The First Lady of Nutrition podcast is brought to you by Purity Coffee with 65% higher levels of antioxidants than other organic coffees. Purity Coffee uses third-party labs to test for pesticides, mold, mycotoxins, and heavy metals. Purity Coffee also uses a proprietary roasting protocol that retains high levels of bioactive compounds and that have been linked to specific health benefits and is especially supportive of the heart and liver, which Anne Louise writes about in Radical Metabolism and Radical Longevity. Go to puritycoffee.com and enter coupon code ALG25 for 25% off your first order. That's puritycoffee.com and enter coupon code ALG25 for 25% off your first order. And now back to the podcast. What about ozone? What about insufflation in the ears? I love ozone. I mean, in fact, at, at our center, we have patients, you know, coming in here and they, they fly, fly in from a little bit all over, all over the world and, you know, especially United States. And we use uh, what's called an RHP where we actually, or another name for it is EBOO, you know, ex, extracorporeal, uh, uh, blood, oxygen, and ozone uh, administration. So you you pull the blood from from one arm, it gets oxygenated and ozonated, it goes into the other arm, um, and then you can then circulate it. You know that way to you know pretty much in one treatment you can uh, uh, ozonate. You know you can treat the the whole blood volume, and it's been it's been fascinating. We we actually yesterday. Uh, we saw a little parasite coming out of the blood, you know, that we isolated and it was still wiggling. Uh, and it had come out of the a cancer patient's uh, blood. Um, and, you know, we, we also saw a, 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 a uh, an individual that had been, you know, because of the work had been 
vaccinated and and got these you know big nasty you know clotty stringy looking things that came out of the blood you know from her and so it, yeah ozone is a powerful tool so you can do that and then like you said the the rectal and vaginal insufflation are are amazing tools and these are things yeah different machines that you can buy uh, on your own uh, and there there's some good sources that i can uh, that I can suggest if somebody is, is looking for it uh, to uh, and do treatment like that. And I, I know I, I spoke, I'm not sure if you're familiar with one of the leading researchers, uh, Dr. Sylvia Menendez, uh, but she has great protocols with the rectal ozone to, to kill off mold and also to upregulate the immune system and also to upregulate uh, oxygen transport in the mitochondria, you know, where we produce energy. Now, when it comes to heavy metals, are you finding aluminum? Are you finding mercury, cadmium, antimony? What is really toxic in this 2222? Mm -hmm. I, yes, yes, and yes. I mean, they it's it's become... So the aluminum seems to be, it used to be a lot of mercury. Mercury is still a big, big issue, but it's almost like aluminum and cadmium is, is, are starting to kind of fight for number one. And aluminum, I mean, we, we are exposed to it in so many different ways. I mean, you have the underarm deodorants and like I talked about vaccine, they use uh, aluminum as an adjuvant and they're it just gets directly into the bloodstream without having uh, our first line of defense, you know, our mucosal membranes to kind of protect ourselves. And then also they do a lot of cloud seeding, you know, using aluminum. So we we have some of, of that, that that we're dealing with that's kind of rained down upon us. Uh, so it, it's that that's a big issue. And then cadmium, uh, we used to have lead in our gasoline, but you know, now, and lead is, it's hard to detoxify, but not as hard as cadmium. Interesting. Uh, so, tell me, tell me, what do you do for cadmium, and where's it coming from? So in gasoline. I mean, they they have cadmium and then gasoline. So if you drive a lot, you know, if, if you have a truck driver, if you you know drive for a living, or if you uh, are you know you fly a lot, then then you're going to be exposed to a lot of the cadmium, and uh, so you. For cadmium, I mean, I, I do like using to start with you know, a heavy dose of chlorella to kind of start to mop up uh, some of the main main aspects, you know, and main heavy metals in, in the body. It's just kind of a good uh, general mop up. And then you have uh, certain other agents, you know, like where you, you can consider use some... chlorella. Let me ask you something as I jump in. Is yes. chlorella a binder in your view? I, yes, I, I, because I've seen, I, I know a lot of people say that, well, it's such a heavy, it's such a light binder. It kind of, it, it will move it from one spot and deposit it in another spot. So, and that's dangerous and it can end up in a worse place than where it started. So I, I, I know all those arguments, but I see clinically the difference. That's and, what I want to know clinically. Yeah. You're a clinician and yeah, you're, they, feeling, you're seeing very sick people. Yes, yes. So I, I have people coming with like Parkinson's or with MS or with ALS and dealing you seeing heavy metal toxicity being a, a big, big component. And when I use a heavy dose of chlorella, and when I say heavy, then it's at least 
is 60 of these little, you know, 250 milligram tablets a day, because uh, you want to have enough binding power when you introduce it, you know, just a few chlorella is not going to do it, then you have that concern of just moving it from one spot to another. Uh, but if you do enough binding power, uh, then you, you get a result. And it's, it's amazing what I see when you introduce that. You see uh, less of the, the headaches, you know, less of the neurological, less of the cognitive issues, uh, less of the neuropathy, uh, less of skin rashes, skin issues, you know, because it's... Uh, but let me ask you this. Where do you get your chlorella? Isn't much of it contaminated? It, 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 yeah, exactly. So I, I use BioPure is, is the one that ah, I've used. That's what I wanted to know. Thank you. Yeah. Taking yeah. I, I, I've used, I mean, there are a lot of other ones out there and I'm sure there are other great ones out there, but I, I want to stick to what I've gotten results with. And this, this is what I get results with. That's why I wanted to interview you because you've gotten results. I mean, sick people don't have a lot of time to experiment with. No, no, exactly. 60 chlorella at one shot or stagger. I usually divide it into three doses. Uh, and if you, uh, if somebody then is, uh, if, if you need even more, I mean, I have people where I go up to like 150 a day. Yeah. So it just depends on what's going on with the individual, but 60 a day for a couple of months, you know, to start with is a good beginning for, for the majority of these conditions. For specifically heavy metals or mold as well. So uh, specifically heavy metals, but when it, it helps with mold in some fashion as well. I mean, for mold, I do like some of the Cellcor products. I do like that the biotoxin binder, you know, seem to be really helpful. Uh, and then uh, what is that black powder that they have also? Um, carboxy. Yeah, so those tend to be really helpful. I, I, I tend to see the biotoxin binder uh, be one of the better ones. And, and I've tried a, a number of uh, ones. I think also if you do a good quality uh, or do a pectisol C, uh, that tends to also help to, to bind to a lot of the mold. Uh, so you can kind of layer different binders. Uh, depending on and, and you you just kind of monitor the patients and see how how they're responding and if if their kind of headaches are starting to dissipate their anxiety depression uh, their fatigue their brain fog you know, all these different things that are very neurological that that takes place with mold um, so you you can just kind of you, you start and, and see how they're responding and then you take the next step if you need more so we've got heavy metals, we've got all kinds of mold. How do you test to see what the first step is with a client or a patient? So I, I, I do a lot of applied kinesiology or, or autonomic response testing is, is the, the type of technique, but I also like to rely on, on uh, different labs. And so there's uh, different urine tests that you can do. And also you can check and see uh, your antibody response. Uh, so I, I'd like to do those type of things to see kind of where, where the body's at. Uh, and that, that is kind of nice for the patient also as you are addressing the mold uh, to see if it's going down. Uh, and so if you can kind of feel that accomplishment saying that, yes, we, we are accomplishing what we're wanting to accomplish. 
but also it can be really good you know because i an example is that i had a a hairdresser you know we've been addressing mold and uh and, and it was doing great and then all of a sudden we do this next uh, urine test and we see a lot of the mycotoxins you know it's actually start to spike again so then you can start to evaluate you know what kind of environment am i in and she's then recognizing that my hair salon is is an issue uh, so i i need to either you know i probably shouldn't be working in that hair salon. So uh, that way we can then see uh, if we're accomplishing what we're accomplishing and also, you know, what do we need to adjust and do we need to look a little bit further in the environment uh, to see where the exposure is at. How important is cleaning out parasites with all of this? As you know, I've written profusely about it. Mm -hmm. Parasites is, is a big deal. And, and that's, that's the thing is that it, it's not that one pathogen is more important than the other because uh, they all play a role and it's it's kind of like a a soup of different pathogens and uh, a lot of times when you clear out one then the other one it, it's it's kind of like children you know when uh they all want their attention and and when the oldest one yeah moves out then the next one wants to have you know the the main attention and it's the same with pathogens you kind of you kill off one virus and or one spirochete and then the next one wants to be the one that's a top dog and so you you do need to kind of look on it as a whole and and look at it as an environment of different microbes uh, that you need to to address i mean you can't kill them all you can't get rid of them all because they do exist naturally within us uh, to a certain extent um, but parasites is, is a big deal and and it's it's nice with parasites is that you can clear out a lot of stress quite quickly mold is a little bit harder to to address than parasites and so if you hit it hard you know, two to three months, you can usually gain a huge amount of ground. And, and if you do it appropriately, you know, the, the patient, and usually I like to combine it then with like coffee enemas, you know, to, to make sure that you open up those pathways. Uh, and there are some interesting things that people get out. And it's amazing how much better they feel, you know, when you get rid of, of these little squigglies that can be a number of inches long. You know, so are you saying, do you test for worms and protozoa? So, so I, I do a lot of the muscle testing and I, and I do stool testing as well. My, my only challenge with stool testing is that you only see what's coming out. Uh, you're not really able to fully see what's in there. So, um, so I, uh, people come and say, yeah, I did stool test and, and it showed I had no parasites. I'm perfectly fine. And then I do you know, some of the muscle testing and say, oh, no, there's still still quite a bit of parasites there, put them on a protocol and things come out of them. And, uh, uh, and so, and, and then they feel better. So uh, the stool test, I, I would say is, is, is a good indicator of things, but it's not a be all end all. Uh, but yeah, look, looking, you know, for this, the smaller little things, but with, with that going after the parasites, you want to make sure that a, uh, parasites love to hang out in, in the gallbladder, for instance, and 
And when you eat, you know, they, they like that bile, that fatty substance. And when you eat, they go down into your smaller intestines and feed there. And then they go up to the gallbladder again. So it, with that, then it's good to combine with things like gallbladder flushes and gallbladder cleanses you know, while you also go after the parasite. So it, it's good to be strategic about it. Uh, some people just uh, say, well, I, I took, you know, a, a, I did a parasite cleanse and they just took a pill that they bought at the health food store and think that that, that was enough. Um, a lot of times it isn't. Hi, my friends. Before I go any further, let me take a moment to, to acknowledge my sponsor, Unikey Health at UnikeyHealth.com, which is your universal key to health since 1992. I have been a spokesperson for this company for over 30 years. They're the home of all my weight loss plans, the Fat Blasting Bio Builder, which has been featured in national magazines. They also carry the ultimate brain support and the magnesium multitasker. So whether it's weight loss, internal cleansing, or just targeted health support, go to unikeyhealth.com. Tell them Anne Louise sent you. Now, last but not least, virus. What do we find? What are you finding? Well, so yeah, by viruses, and especially in this day and age, you know, when we have become so hyper focused on what viruses do. Um, so if, if we kind of a, viruses are also big. I mean, that's that's also a, a huge factor, like Epstein Barr cytomegalovirus. Uh, you know, chlamydia, pneumonia, you, you have a, a lot of different viruses, the herpes viruses, you know, they, they are big issues. And they, what's interesting, like we're talking about parasites and, and uh, as you kill off the parasites, a lot of times viruses becomes the next thing that you want to take a look at, just because a lot of these different parasites, believe it or not, they are infected themselves. So as you kill them off, a lot of these different viruses and get released and, and you wanna make sure that you, you address them as well. And viruses, uh, the, the thing with them is that they go in and then hijack cells and really mess with the, the mitochondria, really mess with uh, replication within the cells. So you, you want to then make sure, one, one of the biggest keys is to make sure that your cell wall membrane is that it's as healthy as possible to minimize the virus ability to, to hijack the, uh, the cell. And also uh, what cells do is that they have little markers outside themselves to tell the immune system, you know, saying, hey, there's, there's a virus in here, uh, please, please kill me, literally. I mean, they, uh, so this way the, the body then will recognize that, yeah, here's a virus and, and we, we can go after that one. Uh, so the, the viruses, yeah, they, they play a huge role and you know, with a focus on autoimmune, uh, they play a huge role in there. You know, we know for like instance, for M MS, you know, uh, it's, it's known that in addition to heavy metals, you know, I have viruses that tend to uh, kind of lodge along the, the myelin sheath and, and the immune system know that it's there somewhere. So it just kind of starts shooting uh, and uh, and causing them destruction. So the, the key is then to calm down the immune system a little bit and also support the, the health of the cell wall membrane so that it can uh, communicate better and also to support the mitochondrial function because uh, that is what helps to 
support the uh, what should I say the the repair and protection of the genetic material that the virus tend to want to mess with. Uh, so that way the immune system will be much more intelligent in going after the appropriate cells rather than just indiscriminately going after everything. How important is diet in all of this? Is that one of your keys? Yeah, so so the, the different factors that, that becomes important, you want to look at the, the toxicity. So there you got heavy metals, chemicals. Uh, you want to look at the, the pathogens, the microbes, you know, so there you got you know, parasites, you have spirochetes, you have mold, you have viruses, you know, different bacteria. Uh, and then you have uh, the, the food, you know, becomes, uh, becomes hugely important. And especially dealing with, uh, I mean, it, it has become even more important with the introduction of glyphosates, uh, just because glyphosates trigger so much inflammation along the intestinal lining, so that if we are becoming more and more reactive to foods, and then if we then choose to eat food over and above the glyphosates, we choose to eat foods that are inflammatory in themselves, we add to that stress, creating then a kind of hyperpermeability or a, a leaky intestinal lining, which allows then food particles to enter uh, not fully digested into the bloodstream. And then the immune system start to then see things that it does not recognize. It's not used to seeing these food particles and, and this big of a, uh, yeah, and this big of a particles used to see it all broken down. And then the body knows what to do with that broken down. But when it comes in a bigger a component, then the immune system start to then become hyperactive and the immune system will then start to focus on the, the food and react to that food, which will then remove its ability to, uh, to address then the virus or address the mold or address the parasite. So uh, it becomes a huge deterrent and a draining or and a drain for the immune system if we eat food that are inflammatory, if we eat food with lots of glyphosates, creating more leaky gut. So, uh, and then we have then the issue of, of gluten. Uh, what's, what's interesting with, with gluten, I have patients that when they go to Europe and, and they eat things that they react to here. They, they don't have issues. <laughs> well, they don't have issues, exactly. I've it, seen that for years. Yes. Yeah, it, it's just fascinating to me. Yeah, you know, that they can have, they they can't even get close to something that is is gluten containing here, and then they go to Europe and and they can eat the baguettes, and and they're it's 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 great. So then we know that the the processing of our gluten and you know, the glyphosates uh, the uh, that are in our food. Uh, is, is really the biggest issue. And that is what's driving a lot of these food sensitivities that, that we're dealing with. But are you a vegan fan? Are you a paleo fan? Are you a keto fan? Tell me about your overall feelings about diet and which direction we should be going. So I, I, I am somebody that like good nutrition and, and I, I'm not somebody that like to kind of put, I, I think the different diets are good for purposes, but I, I, I think it is good to have a little bit more of a well-rounded type of diet. 
yeah, where you bring in some uh, some grains, but then yeah, have good quality grains. I also want to bring in good quality uh, fats. I want to bring in uh, good quality proteins. Uh, also with a good amount of, of vegetables and some fruit and, and, and berries. So I like to, to eat good nutrition with, with a good variety. I want to bring in with the vegetables. I, I, I like when you bring in different colors, you know, because each color have different polyphenols that have different uh, nutraceuticals within them uh, that protects us in so many different ways that we we don't know of yet, and we're still learning. Uh, so I, I think a good variety of diet becomes more important. But then if you're dealing with health conditions, you know, like for instance, you're dealing with autoimmune, you're dealing with gut issues, or you're dealing with cancer, then these different diets become great tools to, uh, to kind of shift your body back into balance. But for for healthy living, I, I like to have a, a greater variety and, and not look upon food as, as the enemy, uh, but then again, choose and good nutritious food. We're on the same page, literally and figuratively. Yeah. Um, in the remaining minutes, tell me about your center. I know it's world renowned. Do you deal with other issues besides cancer? Yes, yeah. So we we deal with people flying in from you know with all different types of conditions. So yeah, you know, cancer obviously is, is a big big one that we deal with, but we also have people dealing with uh, different chronic infections that they they want to hit a little bit harder uh, with more you know st stronger tools that that we do have. Uh, also, people dealing with you know autoimmune, like you mentioned, uh, neurological is is a big one. You know, MS, Parkinson's, uh, ALS, you know, where we uh, use different um, agents and to you know, go after the pathogens and go after the heavy metals to change environment and then utilizing a lot of uh, peptides also do, you know, stem cell therapies, you know, to support the body uh, in, in order, you know, to correct the imbalances and then uh, support proper regeneration. And tell me about your education. I understand you're Swedish. Yes, yes. So I, my, the, my biggest, in addition to you know, schooling, getting my, my doctorate in, uh, uh, in uh, naturopathic medicine, you know, a naturopathic doctor, and also a PhD in nutrition, uh, I also studied with one of the leading naturopathic doctors in Sweden for seven years. So that, that was kind of, I considered that as my biggest schooling because of the just the, the heavy clinical training experience that, that I got through that. And what do you hope to do in the next five years, Dr. Carfeld? What I would love is to uh, to have a a place where leading experts, leading researchers, uh, can freely be able to do a number of these therapies that. Uh, governmentally may be frowned upon or, or limited and to, to create some, some kind of an, a protection umbrella where we can then more freely uh, uh, say, propel these, these integrative natural therapies uh, to address some of these complex health issues more efficiently. So 
that's where I would love to go in addition to obviously, you know, getting more and more effective in, in the care that I offer. How do people get in touch with you? Uh, the best way is, is to, you can go for information, go to my website, which is at thecarlfeltcenter.com. Spell Carl Felt for my listeners. Yes. Yeah, so it's first is the, T-H-E, and then Carl Felt is K-A-R-L, F as in Frank, E-L, D as in David, T as in Tom, and then center, and that's E-R at the end and not R-E like they do in, in Britain. Uh, dot com mm -hmm. and uh, and there you it's a tremendous amount of information i mean where i uh, and then also you can call us it's 208-338-8902 or shoot us an email at info at the carpool center.com and um, also offer for you know i do have a free ebook on my uh, website so it's called 11 things to dress when diagnosed with cancer uh, and also we run a couple of, I do a couple of podcasts. One is Integrative Lyme Solutions with Dr. Carlfeld and then Integrative Cancer Solutions with Dr. Carlfeld. All those are under resources on our website. And then also uh, I've ran a, a, a radio show for a number of years where I had the benefit of, uh, uh, of interview you uh, one time. Uh, and uh, other leading experts throughout the world, you know, where that you can find them on uh, under resources on my uh, on my website. So, yes, any questions, please reach out. Lovely. And you're located in Idaho. I, I'm Idaho is is Meridian near Boise. It's yes, Meridian is is just a little. Uh, I wouldn't say little. So it's getting bigger and bigger. So it's it's a <laughs> right by by Boise, and and uh, we're. We're just moving into a, a 17,000 square foot uh, facility. So I'm, so I'm excited about that. So it, it's a nice facility so we can make sure that we offer the, the best care for, for our patients. Can you work long distance? That's my last question before we sign off. Can you work long distance doing your ART? Yes, yes. So I, I do a lot of muscle testing over the phone through Zoom. Uh, I have uh, telemedicine is a, is a big thing that I do because I have Wonderful. patients. Yeah, yeah. Okay, will you come back, Dr. Marco Carfeld? Oh, I would love to, absolutely. I want to wish you all the success in the world. I want to say thank you on behalf of all my listeners. I want to say have a wonderful week, listeners, full of love, compassion, good health, and shalom. Shalom of Racha. Please don't forget to subscribe and like First Lady of Nutrition podcast. Thank you so very much.